So today on On Baby, I wanted to discuss the border wall funding, the government shutdown, and the NFL playoffs. Let's get right to it. So there's a hashtag on Twitter called Shutdown Stories. Um, the federal government is now in its third week of not having employees come to work and earn their pay. At the end of this week will be the first time that government employees will not get their paycheck since being shut down since December 22nd. Now, there seems to be a lot of meltdowns going around because people can't pay their bills. I mean, just because the government is shut down does not mean that your bill shut down. So this is really the national crisis that he speaks of because the southern border has always existed and it's never been a priority before. So why is it a priority now? I used to work at the University of Maryland about 15 years ago where I was the graduate admissions coordinator for foreign students in the meteorology program. Now, in this program, uh, students would come from China and Japan and all, all over the world, and they would arrive here on a student visa. Those student visas will expire after, after I think, three or four months after they've graduated if they remain a full-time student. It would expire earlier if the student did not finish all of his courses. But the issue that is a crisis to me is when these students finish college, and they never go back to their home country. They are still living here on expired student visa. Some of them will secure a work visa, but who's monitoring those folks? They've walked into this country, gotten, a, gotten an education, probably working under the table at one of their family members' establishments, companies, whatever, who the government has also funded that. But you take Americans' paychecks who are servants of the United States government, some military and otherwise, and you take their money, that's going to lead to a whole bunch of other problems. It doesn't make sense. The government needs to be open now. So the leadership in the White House is at an all-time low, if you ask me. I mean, you know, using government employees and their salaries as a pawn to get what you want is disgraceful. Um, which is going to lead to other things. So the creditors that, you know, these employees are indebted to uh, are possibly receiving letters from their federal agencies saying, hey, be a little lenient on this person or people because the government is shut down. So private companies don't give a damn, honestly. They want their money and they have to they have to thrive in the world and the stock market and everything else. So sending a letter to your employer, I mean to your, your creditors, isn't gonna do much. It affects the stock market, it affects households. If you're the sole government employee providing assistance for your family, it's gonna be a struggle. Now, of course, some people say, well, you should always plan for a rainy day. You should have at least two to three months of savings in your bank account so when a rainy day like this hits, you should be good to go. And I'm all good with that. However, most people can't save two to three months of mortgage or rent or whatever because everything is so expensive, especially in the D.C. area. 
But at the same time, even if you did have that money set aside, you don't even know when the end is in sight. You don't know if three months will do it. You don't know if it's going to be six months because dealing with the administration as it stands right now, there are so many uncertainties. And a lot of these people are rich. They have a lot of money and they're still getting their paychecks, by the way. I read somewhere where Congress said that they were going to refuse their salaries until the government shutdown ended. But I beg to differ. I, I doubt that's happening. So what do you do when this government shutdown reaches the level of the 2008 housing crisis? Because that's where we're headed. I mean, let's be honest here. People are going to hold on to every single dime that they have right now if you're a government employee because you don't know what to expect. If you're fired from a job, you're fired. And you go find another job, you start looking immediately. But when you're a government employee and there's a shutdown happening, you know eventually your job will come back. But in the meantime, no one's going to hire a government employee full-time because they know they're not staying. So you could do some side hustles. You can do Uber, Lyft, um, maybe work part-time at McDonald's or Amazon or somewhere else. But it's more than likely not going to offer you the cash that you're making as a government employee, especially if you're a seasoned veteran of the, of the uh, government. So it, it, it's tough. So these shutdown stories are... They're heartbreaking. Some people can't get medicine for their sick children, for their elder elder parents. Some people are even threatening that the the um, SNAP benefits or what we call welfare aid is going to be cut soon. And I mean, what's the end game in this? Because everybody's going to suffer in this thing. Even private citizens are going to suffer. And I'm not just talking about the people who are here in D.C. on vacation and can't get into the Smithsonian. Because your government workers are going to start tapping these private, private firms and citizens for cash. And so if you're a long shark, I guess you could give some money to some people and make mega dollars after the government reopens. But at the same time, when it does reopen, <clears throat> they haven't guaranteed whether or not you're going to get back pay for the time that you've missed. And I'm talking about... People who have served in the government for 30, 40 years are near retirement. So the government needs to open, like, immediately. We've just gotten off the holidays. I know there was a threat of tax returns not being filed. But I know that that's since changed, so people can file their income taxes. But who's there to process your W-2 to make sure that you can file your taxes? So this is a whole mess. And so an eight, nine-minute address talking about the crisis at the southern border it's trash and we got to do better and somebody has to, to to get the balls enough to stand up and say look enough of this and open the damn government so shifting gears to the nfl last weekend wild card weekend my chicago bears lost to the philadelphia eagles on a missed field goal that was the most heartbreaking, heart-riching kick that I have ever watched in my life. Not only did he hit the left upright, but the ball also bounced 
on the lower region of the bar and then fell forward. Watching that chain of events was so crazy, especially since he had just made the field goal when a coach of the Eagles called a timeout to ice him. Now, awesome strategy. Am I mad that we lost? Yes, I'm very mad. Am I mad that the Eagles iced the kicker? No, I'm not. He was tied for the second worst field goal percentage in the NFL. I don't know why the Bears did not get rid of this dude, Packy, before they even made it to wild card weekend. So, on the one hand, as fans, we're disappointed. We're very sad that, you know, we lost. But on the other hand, for strategy purposes, you, you had to get rid of this dude. I mean, you knew he wasn't a trusty, fail-safe type of dude. So why hold on to him? Now, he hasn't been released yet. But he ain't going to be able to thrive in Chicago. He's going to be able, he's going to have to, they're going to have to release him or trade him or do something because we don't want to see this dude ever again. We have not been to the, to the playoffs since 2010. And we had a 12-4 and four record. And to lose in that fashion was horrible. I'm still in shock. I was on Instagram and they had people literally crying that this, that this dude missed this field goal this bad. I mean, it was horrible. But anyway, congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. They'll be facing the New Orleans... Uh, why, why did I forget the name of the New Orleans team? The New Orleans Saints. My brain just went dead for a sec. The Saints with Drew Brees. Um, that's going to be a tough, 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 tough road game for them. But good luck to them. And Chicago, we got to do better. Please pick up another kicker before the season begins next year because we can't go through this painstaking trauma that we experienced on Sunday night. So this segment, I started thinking, should I talk about the Chicago Bulls or the Washington Wizards? But they both look so horrible that I don't even want to waste my time. Neither one look good at all. But I did want to mention one thing. So the Bears recently picked up Michael Carter-Williams from the Houston Rockets. As you can recall, Michael Carter-Williams was on the Bulls a couple years ago and they released him. Why pick him back up? He didn't do anything for Chicago then. What makes you think that he's going to do something now? Maybe they're looking at Zach Levine and Michael Carter-Williams as the Splash Brothers because they're both yellow dudes. I don't know. But there is no hope in sight, even with the pickup of Michael Carter-Williams. You don't even want to play the guys that you already have. So it's a mess in Chicago. It's also a mess in D.C., John Wall successfully had his surgery to repair his Achilles or his ankle area. And he put up a post where he's smiling in his hospital bed on his laptop, living his best life. So he's positive. But when he comes back, um, they still have a lot of things to fix. So I still think they should get rid of Otto Porter and bring some of those Lakers over to D.C. But the, the Lakers look terrible, too. So. It's the bottom basement bargain bin for the NBA with these big cities who have terrible, terrible players. And then there's the Jimmy Butler saga. Is he going to stay in Philadelphia? He's already challenging, challenging Brett Brown and showing his true colors in Philly. 
So maybe Jimmy Butler needs to go back to the Chicago Bulls because he stayed there the longest and maybe he likes the city and maybe he can wrap his mind around being back in Chicago. So I think the Bear, I mean the Bulls should definitely pursue Jimmy Butler if he if he does not want to stay in Philadelphia. That'll do it for this episode of On Baby, where Chicago meets the DMV. I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace.